illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heinrich Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic lip and immersion, my co-host and brother, The Beach. Hey, Billy. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Doing good. Figured we needed to get a, a, a show in before uh, we're gone. Well, I was I was kind of confused why I was even doing this tonight. So, yeah. you're like, hey, let's do a podcast tonight. All right. Yeah. Going to talk about the fucking ducks. I mean, I really don't want to talk about them. So, yeah. Anyway. You know, it's, it's the last. We're recording this on Sunday. So, tomorrow, Monday. Even though when you're listening to us, it'll be yesterday because this will be released on Tuesday. Monday is the final, what we know of as the Pac-12 football game. Mm. And I just thought we should record a podcast before that. Yeah, feel like we should be playing taps or something right now. Yeah, something. I know. I know. (laughs) But, I mean, the Pac isn't dead. It's on life support. But the Pac-12, as we've known it for a decade, and really just the Pac that we've known since, you know, the late 70s when Arizona and Arizona State were added – is that when they were added? Was seventies? I want to say like seventy eight. So as far as our like general knowledge and and being cognizant of the world, it's been a Pac ten or Pac twelve since we've been kids. Uh, since we've known, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They 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 entered in nineteen seventy eight. Okay. So there you go. Anyways, the purpose of Olympic participation is for us to talk beaver sports, tailgating, and anything else we find funny and interesting every week. I want to remind everyone that you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and most other podcatchers. Interesting. 
Yeah, because Google Podcasts is going away come April 1st and will be replaced by YouTube Music. Oh, really? Is that how they're going to do that? Yeah, that's what's happening. And Google owns YouTube. Correct. So they're okay. just they're just shutting down Google Podcasts and rolling it into the YouTube Music uh, app that they have out there. Everything is so incestuous now with, with technology. It's either Apple, Google, Facebook. or uh, Facebook. Yeah, because yeah. Facebook owns Instagram, and they also own Threads. Which I think kind of fell on its face, did it not? Well, it started out like gangbusters, but it it's really it really cooled off after the first couple of days. Mm-hmm. Everyone were signing up for it to begin with, so it's like, oh, we're getting all these new users, but no one's really using it. Mm-hmm. Because everything is still on X. Yeah. So. so. Anyways, I want to remind everyone, you can get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator next. And Heinrich Tailgate on Facebook. And Beach, we have an email. Holy crap. Yes. It's been it's been weeks since we've had an email, hasn't it? Maybe even months? It's been a while. So this uh, one's let's... this one's titled Jupe A Loop. Okay. And this is from listener Justin. Okay. Okay. So looks like he has some questions for us. You ready? I'm ready. I'm, I'm listening. Gonna... It's like Frazier Crane. I'm listening. Okay. One, I hear Basset Hounds and Florida are a good combination. Any thoughts? No. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never owned a Basset Hound. Your wife's owned a Basset Hound. This is true. But you've never owned one. Correct. Because you've never owned a dog. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, she loves those damn things. What I would like, like in my perfect world would be like mm-hmm. a rental dog. Hmm. So like when you want the dog, like you want to go for a walk, whatever mm-hmm. kind of dog it is, you, yeah. you they bring it over, you can go for a walk with it, or you take it to the park and play fetch, mm-hmm. and then it goes away. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, if you need that, you feel like when you're walking the dog, you walk with a purpose. When you're walking by yourself, you feel like you're just walking, you yeah. know? Except with Bassett's. When you walk they don't by walk your well. no, they don't because they stop and smell everything. Ah, just had this one dog named Walter, and that damn dog would just—he was so ornery. They're—they're they're just so stubborn. He would just lay down in the middle of the street. Just didn't give a shit. Yeah, like he could have laid down on the sidewalk. He could have laid down in the grass. He would—we'd be crossing the street, and he would just plop down. Like, nope, done. And I'm like, dog, we can't stop in the middle of the street. Yeah, and for those that didn't know that, Bill would never call the animals by their names. He just called them dog. <laughs> I normally call them dog. There was like, what, three of them that she had? Well, yeah, but I, I do that with everyone's animal. Dog. Hey, come here, dog. <laughs> come here, cat. So, well, yes. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm terrible with people's names. Like, I work with people, and I'm, I, you know, my at the at the Disney store, and I'm like, yeah, if I haven't if if I haven't uh, known you for at least three years, I'm not gonna bother knowing your name. Don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta be here at least over three years before I give a damn. I do that with my with new employees. I'm like, there's two ways. I used to worry about it and like trying to make <laughs> sure I got. And anymore, I don't care. There's two ways <laughs> I'll learn your name. It's either a good way or a bad way, and it's kind of up to them. Mm-hmm. Other than that, if I don't know your name, then that's on you too. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Here's question number two. 
Oh, there's two part questions. Oh, there's three questions, but here's the number two. Three part question. Okay. Yeah. So number two, to highlight on Bill's favorite quote, if the Ducks and Satan were playing in a game, let's just say I wouldn't root for the Ducks. Were you two born with the duck hatred or was it a specific moment? I know for me it was a specific moment. What's the moment, Billy? For me, so, like, I didn't actively root against the Ducks except for Civil War, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it used to be during the during the regular season the Ducks were playing some, but I'd usually root for the Ducks. But for me, that all changed Civil War 2009. What happened? And I think that's your, isn't that yours too? What happened Civil War 2009? Help me here. So, oh, the, the Noah Happy? No, that would have been oh. 2001. Okay. No, 2009. So 2009 started out, and uh, it actually started at – Oregon started at Boise State. Leading up to that game, oh, Boise yeah. State had beat Oregon in 2008 in Autzen. Leading up to the 2009 game in Boise – Oregon had a running back by the name of LeGarrette Blunt. And Blunt fired his mouth off all summer saying, we owe, we, we owe those boys an ass whooping. We owe those boys an ass whooping. Talking about Oregon owed Boise State an ass whooping. Mm-hmm. So that was the game that Boise State won. And at the end of the game, when they were shaking hands, the player for Boise State, as he was going by Blunt, asked him, how was that ass whooping? And that's mm-hmm. when Blunt took two steps past him, turned around, and cheap shot at him mm-hmm. and had the big fight. So anyone that says that whatever the guy said was racist, they're full of shit. That's not. If you look, read his lips, he goes, how was that ass whooping? Because it was directly what Blunt had been saying all summer, all offseason. Mm-hmm. So after that game, that was Chip Kelly's first game as head coach. He said that LeGarrette Blunt would never play another Saturday for Oregon again. Now, a lot of people, as soon as that happened, a lot of Oregon State fans were saying he will play in the Civil War because the Civil War is on a Friday. Mm-hmm. And I remember that's at the time... One of the chat rooms on that. Exactly. And I remember at the time thinking, nah, I don't think that's true. I, I Let's hope Chip Kelly, unlike... Mike Bellotti will actually have some balls and, and, and make this stick because one, he was lucky. He wasn't booted out of the university for what he did. It's assault. Yeah, it was assault. And most, most regular students or even uh, athletes would have gotten booted out of the university. But what Oregon said was, you know, he's, we're going to keep him in. He's going to learn from this. He's going to be able to practice with the team because he does have a shot at the NFL, but he's no longer going to play another Saturday for us. So, fast forward to the end of the season. Uh, Civil War is in Eugene. Now, leading up to that game, um, it came out in the news on like a one evening. I remember reading it on message boards that LeGarrette Bunce had family that lived in L.A., and they were saying LeGarrette was going to dress down and play. I remember thinking, like, I can't believe that. The very next morning, first thing in the morning, Oregon has a an unscheduled press conference saying that, yes, LeGarrette Blunt was going to dress down, but he was not going to play. But he'd earned his way back to at least dress down for that final game. So it's like, okay, maybe this is what we'll, what we'll see here. 
You and I are then at Civil War in Eugene later that week. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that, that Civil War was for the Rose Bowl. If Oregon won, they were going to the Rose Bowl. If Oregon State won, they were going to the Rose Bowl. Now, Oregon also not only had LeGarrette Blunt, who obviously didn't play, but they also had LaMichael James. And the game was tight. And Oregon State was ahead late in that game. And uh, Oregon got the ball back, and they're moving, but LaMichael James got hurt. And he got nicked up. And there was a timeout. And the next thing you know, LeGarrette Blunt comes running out onto that field. And that stadium erupted in cheers. And I remember looking around at everyone screaming and you and I looked at each other and I just said, I will never root for these bastards again. I would be embarrassed if that guy played for me. You know what pissed me off? It's always been a constant thing. Do you remember when Bilotti was still coaching? I can still remember eating at a restaurant with mom and dad. Mm-hmm. I can't remember how it's got to be a long freaking time ago. And Bilotti was all pissed off because they didn't get a high enough bowl game. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. He always and had excuses. Oh yeah. They always yeah, had he excuses. Did. He's like, we deserve better than this, you know? And, and he, he down, he downgraded the bowl that they were going to like that. They were so much better than what they were given. Yeah. Well, and then he, he was... freaking lost the bowl game. Yep. And they, they would, lost he... He would always say things like, oh, we just ran out of time. I'd like to see the game play out with us not having the penalties or us not having the turnovers. Mm -hmm. Well, no shit. I'd like to see that, too. I'd like to see our games play out with us having any injuries. But that's called Mm -hmm. playing the game. Yeah. yeah. So I thought things might improve under Chip Kelly, and it did. When there's a good 50% or better of the teams out there that would love to play in a bowl game. And he goes out there and acts like they're above the bowl game that they were given. Mm-hmm. And then the son of a bitch loses. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you deserved it. Yep. And then it's it's been a constant. I mean, it's that kind of crap. Um, but for me, it was like the whole Willie Lyles. That's yep. the one that really pissed me off. And the fact that he knew what he was doing. He knew he was breaking the rules. Um, Nike was involved giving the kid a custom pair of shoes mm-hmm. all the shit that went on with that whole thing and they got slapped on the hand what they lose two scholarships i think yeah people don't know that Isn't was that, that they... was during chip kelly and they were using what they called street agents so it was guys who they would that the they would pay money to usually through a third party pay money to, to and the, the guy was basically kind of would live in a local area and he would get in good with these high school players he would be paid money, and then he would direct those players. Well, that's to the not programs. how the system's supposed to work. That's no. not how the system's supposed to work. But that's what they were the doing. The system's supposed to work that he provides information on these players. Yeah, but that's not what he was doing. No, he was. He was. They essentially paid him to uh, direct, as an agent, almost. Yeah, direct kids to that school. Yeah, yeah, and then when he was and confronted they about paid it, them a substan- they 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 paid Willie Lyles a substantial amount of money more so than what under the guise that he was just providing information mm-hmm. uh, as a street recruiter. Yeah, he wasn't. He was essentially directing players to University of Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wind and died the players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and then when they got caught, they lied about it. Well, because then... they asked Chip Kelly about it, like, do you know Willie Lyles? Like, what do you know about uh, him? He goes, I don't, I, I don't know anybody that name. So then they grabbed emails and said, well, here are your email name. He goes, oh. Well, well, that's Will Lyles. 
See, I didn't wow. know who you were talking yep. about. I don't know a Willie Lyles. I know Will Lyles. And it's like, you lying son of a bitch. So. Yeah. And, and it was it was that kind of crap. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I have no love at all for him anymore. I mean, I, I, I just can't stand them. And the fans are always assholes. Yeah. Uh, and not all of them, but a good percentage of them. And I guess the thing is, I sit there and if, if the Beavers screwed up and did something stupid, you can say, hey, we screwed up and we did something stupid. But freaking Duck fans act as if they freaking walk on water all the time. And that really pisses me off. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's just they, they sit there and act like their team does no wrong. And and they're just a bunch of arrogant pricks. Yeah. You know, I, I always joke. I'm a Beaver fan. I know we're going to lose. Well, <laughs> and you know what? You know what kills me when you go down there and the start of the fourth quarter, they play um, Shout. Mm hmm. Because Shout was used in Animal House, which was filmed at or or filmed at partially at Oregon's uh, yeah campus. What school played Shout first? Remember Oregon back. State? Remember back in the early nineties, Oregon State had Otis, my man, Otis Day in the time or Otis Day in the nights. Yeah, yeah, Otis Day in the nights. He came back and played a concert at halftime of a Beaver game years before. Yeah. So the guy that played the character in the movie actually tours as Otis Day and the Knights and Oregon State brought him back to celebrate it like 93, 94, maybe. I yeah. completely forgot about that. Oh, when we yeah. saw him. Yeah. Because they were like, Otis, my man. They announced it through mm -hmm. the thing. But anyway, so yeah. So it's like, yeah, I just, I don't like them. I hate them. Their stadium's named after a beeve. I, I I just hope they get so thumped in the Big Ten. I just want to see them collapse. Well, and, and I also say, it too. It probably that, won't happen, but. Well, it'll be interesting to see. You know, they are a poster child of for everything that's wrong in college football. Mm -hmm. with, with just the money and basically one booster owning the university. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about it's that It's just before. like his, his, his own semi-pro football team. It is. And if he wants to donate money, great. If he wants to, But when he's getting university policy changed, I don't know if people remember that, when they had were having issues with Nike and, you know, the, as dumb as the students might be, but they wanted to, like, boycott Nike because of Nike's labor practices in Asia. And then he cut all funding, and he got them to change everything mm -hmm. to kowtow to him. And it's like, wow. So, and, and anyways, because my thing is, it's still a state institution. It was not built by Phil Knight. It's owned by the taxpayers of the state, and it needs to be run for the betterment of the residents and the taxpayers of the state. So, anyways, so screw the Ducks. For me, it was LeGarrette Blunt. That's that's where I, I hated him. I, I did, mm -hmm. decided right then and there I will never root for these bastards again. I say if they were playing tiddlywinks, I would still root against them. So, all right, are you ready to move on to question three, Beach? Let's go to question three. It might be controversial. You ready? Okay. Do you two agree with Chip Kelly that all college sports teams should stay in the respective conferences and football should be its own separate thing? I actually like that idea because, you know, we, we've, we've discussed, well, we've discussed it here that 
not all this not all the schools in the Pac-12 have the same sports. No. And if that's the case, then it makes sense. To me, it makes more sense. I, I still think things to be done geographically. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, but I I would agree that um, there's there's no that a football could have a different, completely different setup on conferences than than the rest of the sports. Mm-hmm. The so. problem, I mean, as opposed to what we've got now, yeah. But I don't like what we've got now, and I don't like that. I mean, ultimately, I would like to see us go back to just the conferences and the bowl games. I don't need a national yeah, champion I, I, in Division One college football. I don't need it. You know? I mean, you're right now we've got 12 games, and then if you go through this championship – you're talking, you could have an extra five or six games. What kind of well, teams I'm, I'm, are you going to have left playing at the end of that? I, like I said, my, my whole thing is with the way that the transfer portal does, the bowl games are worthless at this point. I agree. I agree. Um, and the, the only teams that are going to hold together, for the most part, are the, the teams vying well, for the national championship. And part of the problem, but all the other teams are going to start getting cut up. And again, without any restrictions on money, you're just going to see the big guys get bigger and the small guys get gutted. No, well, and, and here's the problem too, right? Like it's, 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 it's what I would call like, screw your brother, right? Like screw that guy. As long as I get mine, I'm going to get as much as I can screw everybody else in the NFL. You've got rules set up to keep things competitive, Right. Um, Mm -hmm. everyone's got the same salary cap. They play by the same set of rules and they have that equal revenue sharing when it comes to TV contracts, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone gets the same amount of money. Now, some teams can make more money if they're popular and they're selling more merchandise and that kind of thing. They can always, you know, they're going to make more money that way. But when it comes to the TV, everyone makes the same. It will never work that way in college football because you're going to have big guys like Alabama or USC or Michigan going screw you. Well, maybe not Michigan, but Alabama and USC definitely would be like, screw you guys. More people are watching us than watching Vanderbilt. We need a bigger chunk of this pie. And it's completely screw your brother. Get as much as you can. Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't, that's why I don't like it. I, I I keep saying, I've been saying it for several years now. My fandom for college football, college sports in general, but college football, most mostly is really waning. It's hard for me to get up for the games. It's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next few years, because they say generation Z is not really that into sports. Mm -hmm. And if, if that, as, as the population ages out, it'll be interesting to see if the money continues to flow into these college and, and pro sports fields. Well, and where does the money flow in advertising? Right. Mm. These, if no one's watching it, that money will dry up. Yeah. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. Well, you know, when, one of my feelings is, well, if they're raising so much damn money with college, with, with college sports, maybe they should lower the amount of tax subsidies that these universities get. Yeah. Well, the problem is it's just going to the athletic departments. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, so Justin, I hope that answers your questions. Um, like I said, I, that last one, I guess football should be its own separate thing, but I don't like that. You know, I, I told people I like seeing 
New Year's Day, afternoon, Rose Bowl, the number one team out of the pack, playing the number one team out of the Big Ten, and that's what I needed. That's what I wanted to watch. You know, Then watching the Orange Bowl late at night, right? That was the last game that was on on New Year's Day. Watching the Fiesta Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. I don't mm-hmm. like I don't like where we're at now. Anyways, please, let's move on. Let's go on to some Beaver Sports News. Are you ready? I'm ready as I'll ever be, Billy. Did you hear about the what wrestling last Friday? No. So Beach, the sixteenth ranked Oregon State wrestling team battled the nation's top team in Penn State in front of a wrestling record crowd of eight thousand five hundred and forty inside Gill Coliseum for the home opener. It was packed. And? It was packed. Well, Beach, Pelt State held the hosts off the scoreboard until the ninth eighth bout at 184 when number six Trey Munoz of the Beavs stunned second-ranked Bernie Truax of PSU. Munoz energized the record raucous crowd when he seized momentum with the bout's first takedown for the 3-0 lead. Now, despite consecutive escapes for the three-time All-American, Munoz held him at bay to clinch the 5-2 decision. Nice. Um, Cleveland Belton at 141 and Isaiah Crosby at 157 lost heartbreaking decisions uh, late to the numbers two and one opponents, respectively. Bo Bartlett halted Belton's upset bid with a late escape in regulation before the decisive takedown for the 8-5 win. Levi Haynes quelled Crosby's chance with a late takedown and a riding time point to clinch the 10-1 win at decision. So um, mm. they, they changed it now. So now takedowns are worth three points instead of two. So it's kind of changed the scoring. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, Travis Whitlake at 174, Justin Rodemaker at 197, and Boone McDermott at heavyweight also battled the nation's top competitor in the respective bouts. So that means, Beach, they wrestled four rank number one and one rank number two. That's that's five of their guys basically top ranked. Five of their I think there's eight. Penn State, wa- yeah, Penn State must are they always a good because that's a that's a hell of a talent there. Well, talent pool. The Big Ten is always really good in wrestling. Always, and, well, except except for one team. Well, two right because Washington doesn't wrestle either. But <laughs> I think I think. I think every other team in the Big Ten wrestles except for maybe Maryland. I don't know if Maryland does, but everybody else mm-hmm. does. And if you looked at the top top 15, I bet there's probably seven or eight teams from the Big Ten in there. Wow. Yeah, with Iowa, Nebraska, Michigan State. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good wrestling. And Oregon State relatively held its own against them? Well, considering? They, they, they only won one of the bouts, but. Uh, they they were, they had like had those two guys dead to rights and you know one of them he got a takedown with hardly any time left and then also got the writing time point to win by two. Mm-hmm. So writing time is when you're basically in a position of control and and you've got him in control but you haven't scored anything so it, it gives a point so they keep track of who much how much writing time you have. And then whoever's got the most writing time gets a point for it. So just in case, like there's not a lot of points scored because Mm -hmm. one guy's in control, but isn't able to, you know, get any near falls or pins. 
that yeah. that it, he gets a point out of it. So, anyways, it was it was it was a good match and just a huge crowd, massive, eighty five hundred mm. people. Gil was packed. How, how many people does Gil handle? I I don't know, but it was packed. Like if you watch the well, let's see here. Let's see here. Gil Coliseum capacity is. 9,301. But 8,500 is pretty good for a freaking uh, yeah. wrestling match. Well, and that's – so that's for um, basketball. I don't know uh, if, if there's – lose and, some seats for I don't know if with wrestling if they lose any seats, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because basketball, they can come all the way down to the floor, but with wrestling, you got the big match. And I tell you what, the the uh, gym looked really good on, on, uh, on TV. Oh, um, Oregon State will take a week off from competition before closing the home slate against Pac-12 foe Cal Poly on January 19th. The first bout's time is still to be determined. All right, Beach, let's move right. on to a little bit of women's gymnastics news. Oh, how are they doing? Well, Beach, Oregon State opened its 2024 season at the Mean Girls Super 16 Championships at noon on Saturday at the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. The Beavers competed against number 18, Minnesota, number 24, Southern Utah, and number 31, BYU, in the third session of the two-day competition. Okay. I was waiting for the questions. Why did they call it Mean Girls? Because it was done in conjunction with a new Mean Girls, I believe, musical oh, movie that's coming out? Yeah, so the, the, the a new movie's coming out. And people think it's a redo, but it's actually a musical based on the the movie with Lindsay Lohan. Correct. And this was yeah. done in conjunction, like as a promotion for that. So okay. Well, you've got a lot of like basically Gen Z girls that are interested in in gymnastics and want there to watch the gymnastics meet, and so they mm-hmm. actually all got to watch um, a, a free a free screen of the movie before the competition you know this is interesting because uh like the university of oregon had a big uh cross um uh cross marketing program for that uh illumination uh, oh for that part- migration yeah that migration yeah. yeah yeah so in- interesting that these studios are are doing these uh, cross marketing things with uh, different sports well especially if you're trying to get those younger eyes, where do you go? To college, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause you know, it's not like you can get them on, uh, you know, just everyone's watching the same shows on TV. Everything's so segmented anymore. You really, it, have to it be... is really weird. Isn't it? When you think about it, I mean, growing up as a kid for us, it was, you know, three channels and then four when Fox came out Yeah. and you still had cable, but, but the eyes weren't on all of those other Channels, you know, you watch maybe some MTV, VH1, Disney Channel, that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. But uh, then it spread even further as time went on, and now with all the other streaming services and YouTube videos and it's all specialized. Else, it it is. It's crazy. It makes you wonder how these places can pay as much as they do for advertising when you're getting such um, few people to view stuff. But I guess if you, but it could be more targeted. If, I was going to say if you're targeting it better, it uh, it must work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was at the Orleans arena. So that's right where we stayed when we were down there in December. Okay. Yeah. I remember the big, the big, uh, 
Oh yeah, that right. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, yeah, right, the right, right behind the toe. Yeah, yeah. So marking the biggest regular season event in collegiate gymnastics history, the second annual event features 16 NCAA teams and over 300 gymnasts, including Olympic, world, and national champions. The event is a strategic partnership with Paramount Pictures and the upcoming release of the iconic Mean Girls franchise. So, Beads, the Beeves ranked number 13th nationally in the preseason Women's Collegiate Gymnastics Association poll, posted a 196.525 in their season opener, and defeated number 24 Utah, excuse me, number 24 Southern Utah, and number 31 BYU, but fell to number 18 Minnesota. Mm. Jade Carey took the Beam title with a 9.975, while Jennifer McMillan finished in a tie for second on the beat after equaling her best career score with a 9.950. Caitlin Garcia and Ellie Weaver each had career best scores on the floor with a 9.875 and shared the title with two gymnasts from Minnesota. Next up, the Bees will travel, will travel to Piscataway, New Jersey for the Rutgers January Quad that includes Rutgers, Southern Connecticut State, and Utica beginning at 11 p.m. on Saturday the 13th. The event will be live streamed. Hmm. So I believe it's pronounced Piscataway. It's P-I-S-C-A-T-A-W-A-Y. Piscataway. Not Piscatani. <laughs> it's not that. It's Piscataway. Piscataway. Kind of pretty Piscataway. much. Piscataway. Yep. Yeah, Piscataway. All right, let's move to a little bit of women's basketball. Okay, going from one women's sport to the next. Oregon State proved it belonged among the nation's best on Friday but the Beavers couldn't quite pull off the win in a 56-54 defeat to ninth-ranked USC at the Galen Center in L.A. Talia Von Olhoffen led Oregon State with 18 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists, and another outstanding effort. The nation's second-leading scorer, USC's Juju Watkins, had a game-high 28, but the Beavers forced her to do so on 33 shots and an 11-for-33 day from the floor. A.J. Marat and Donovan Hunter led the defensive effort on the freshman. Now, neither team strung together much of a run in the fourth quarter, and the period's largest lead was 56-51 in favor of USC. Reagan Beers, quiet for much of the night due to foul trouble, came through with an, with an and one to close the gap to two, but two shots in the final 15 seconds missed the mark to allow the Trojans to slip away. Damn it. Then on Sunday, the Beavs hung with number two ranked UCLA, before a dry spell in the third quarter undid the upset bid in a 65-54 a loss. Reagan Beers had Ooh. another excellent game with 21 points on 8-14 of 14 shooting from the floor. The sophomore also dished two assists. Talia von Olhoffen also scored in double figures with 10 points. The game's opening quarter was back and forth and saw the Bruins take an early 15-10 lead. The Beavers opened on a 5-0 spurt with Beers and von Olhoffen doing much of the damage before UCLA countered with a 7-0 run and outscored the Beavs 8-6 the remainder of the way. And um, the Beavs were down by four at half and really just couldn't couldn't get super close, um, you know, within six points the rest of the game. So up next, the Beavs return home where they're undefeated so far in the 23-24 season to battle Arizona at seven on Friday. And we'll move on to some men's basketball. Okay. The Oregon State men's basketball team lost a hard-fought battle with Washington State 65-58 to Thursday evening in Pullman. Jordan Pulp led the Beavs with 20 points on 8-for-16 shooting from the floor. 
Casey Ibukwe had 12 points and 8 rebounds, including 9 straight points in the second half that helped OSU get back within striking distance. And beats the, the Bees were up at halftime in that game by 4. Really? Yeah, but just couldn't hold on. Then Saturday afternoon in Seattle, the men's basketball team fell to Washington 79-72. to Jordan Pope finished in double figures for the 18th straight contest, going for a career-high 29 points on 10 for 17 shooting from the floor. Pope has now scored at least 20 points in three straight games and four of his last five. Tyler Bilodeau tallied 21 points and seven rebounds, the second 20-point game of his career. Josiah Lake II recorded six points, while Justin Rockland finished with five. So it was pretty much a shit week for basketball is what you're saying. Yep. The Bees will return home Thursday for a matchup with Stanford. So, yeah. But both the men and women have played much better at home. Okay. Well, hopefully this week will be better than last week. Yep. Hey, Billy. Yes, Beach. You hear that? I do. That's amazing. This thing goes off every time we have a... The, uh, the recording. Hold on here. Yeah. Billy. Yes, Beach. This just in. University of Oregon is now in the top three of 2024 team rankings for football. Following the signing of Jericho Johnson, a four-star defensive lineman, the Ducks are now ranked number three for signing class behind only Georgia and Alabama. With unlimited funds at their fingertips, there is no player they cannot afford, no transfer per, t- transfer talent they cannot persuade with a few or a wheelbarrow full of Benjamins. In a world where winning is everything and loyalty, decency, virtue, honesty, modesty, dignity, and good form mean nothing, the Ducks will finally be able to buy themselves a national championship that has eluded them for so long. Way to go, you Big Ten fuckers. Congratulations. <laughs> this has been your Heinrich Tailgater update from Eugene. There you go. I think they're going to find it hard uh, hard going in the Big Ten. I hope they just get leveled. I, I hope they become the bitch of the Big Ten. That is my dream. My my hopes. I don't give a shit what happens in the Pac-12 or Pac-2 or Pac-whatever. I just want to see the Ducks get hammered. Yeah. That'd be more joy than anything for me. I'd like to see all four Pac-12 teams in the Big Ten get hammered. Yeah. So that's just me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, right. the, but the Ducks will work. The Ducks the most. Oh yeah. Down there. Oh, yeah. I want them to be ball lickers. You know, just that's all they got is lick the balls of every other team. Yep. So, all yeah. right, Beach. Well, we're, we're gonna do this. We'll go quick because I didn't really enjoy most of it. But you wanted to look back, go under further review for the rest of the bowl games in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown! Yeah, I didn't watch a single bowl game this season. I, for one thing, I worked too much. But the second thing is, I, I, I couldn't care less. Yeah, um, I watched some of the Arizona game just because Jess and I were at a trivia competition, and the game was oh, on TV. Oh, how'd that go? Uh, How'd that trivia competition go? So it was at a brewery there in Salem, and uh, we had, uh, well, listener Kurt said, uh, you guys should come. I think you'd like it, and it's Disney trivia, specifically Disney princess trivia. And so we were like, what the heck? And it was, Jess didn't have to work the next morning, so it made, you know, staying out a little late, although I think we were home by like 930. Mm-hmm. But it made that a little bit easier. And so we went, and we came in tied for third. 
Now you might think, oh, not, well, bad. not bad. Well, so there was the group that won had, I don't know, 12 or 14 people on the team. Oh, wow. And then the second place team probably had eight. Okay. And then the third place team, I think, had that we tied with had five or six. And we just had the two of us. Hey, you were just, Kurt didn't join you? Uh, he was on the other team with, with uh, five or six. Okay. But he just okay. thought we, he just thought we should uh, come out because we would enjoy it. We did. We had fun. So it was good. Okay. We kicked, we kicked butt on a couple. And the thing is like, it was like kind of specialized in Disney princess trivia. And I'm like, all right, well, okay. So hey, give the, me a question. Well, the last one, so there was six rounds and you could, you could um, double the points in any round, right? It's called double down. So the first okay. round we got done and I'm like, I think we went 10 for 10 on that. Let's just double down. So we did. And I think we, we, we did get them all right. Um, but let me think. Um, well, like one was just kind of general stuff. One uh, question was kind of geography related. Mm-hmm. So like kind of like Disney geography. And some of it was like, like one of the questions in that, which I know we didn't get was uh, what are the six different, areas you can live in in the movie Zootopia. I think I fell asleep in that movie. Yeah. So I know I can remember one. One was Bunny Burrow. You have like, I, I, I can't remember. One of my answers was like barbecue flats. Because <laughs> he was like, you know, I will give points if you make me laugh. So I was like, all right. So I put like PETA Village. <laughs> <laughs> barbecue flats. Nice. Um um, but there was like that, the last question round, the one question I, the one round that we really did bad and I didn't understand it when it started. So it was all picture based mm-hmm. and it was Disney characters cosplaying. And so I thought it was Disney characters cosplaying as different Disney characters. And it took through like the first three pictures until I realized, Oh no, these are Disney characters cosplaying as different other nerdy things. Oh, and so some okay. of them we did. Okay. Some of them we did. Okay. Like, but there was a couple questions where I'm like, I don't know what that is. Or, you know, I know who that character is, but I don't know what they're dressing up as because mm-hmm. like some of the anime stuff, I don't know. Yeah. Like the first one were like, that's Rapunzel, but she kind of had a sailor suit on. So I'm like, I guess Donald. But then I said, I told Jess, I go, she kind of looks like Sailor Moon. And I don't know if you know who Sailor Moon is. Uh, name sounds familiar. Ask Dunny. It's a. It's I, a I think that's where she's, she's talked about Sailor yeah, Moon. Yeah, exactly. Before. It's a big, big character in Japan. And so, but then by the third, I'm like, okay, that's what it's supposed to be. So that is Sailor Moon. And so we got a couple of them, but there's a couple of them like, I don't know who the hell that is. And Jess is like, I don't know either. Um, one of, one of the rounds was all plots of Disney movies, but said plainly. Right. So like one of the movies was we all grow old and die. Up. It was Jess and I got that one, but I don't think anyone else did, but it was stuff like that. Right. So it was like, Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, uh, stating a movie, but in, in words like that, we had to figure it out. And I think we did pretty good in that round. The last round I know we destroyed. It was one question with 10 answers. In 1955, when Disneyland opened, you know, it had a certain amount of attractions. Eleven of those attractions are still operating today. Name ten of them. 
So there was 10 parts to it. Uh, train. Correct. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the trolley or the, um, the main street cars down. Correct. Uh, horse drawn carriages. Yep. Um, Autopia. Correct. Um, Jungle Cruise. Correct. I'm trying to walk my way through the park. Exactly. Uh, Snow, Snow White. Correct. Uh, Mr. Toads. Correct. Dumbo. Teacups. Correct. Um, Casey Jr.'s train. Correct. Um, the, uh, was the, uh, was the boats opened yet? The storybook land canal boats. Yeah. Storybook land canal boats. Um, you're missing two. That's just, I'm not, not doing too bad by myself. No, you're doing really good. Yeah. No, Jess and I just sat down Um, and we're like, okay. And we did the same way. We walked around the park. Yeah, so let's see. So I'm going left. Uh, Swiss Family Robinson Tree nope. House. That wasn't nope. open yet. Was 60s. Yeah, and Pirates wasn't there yet. Nope. You got one oh, more. Uh, one more in okay, Fantasy. There we go. Uh, that Mark Twain. Correct. And there's one more in Fantasyland. Uh, one more in Fantasyland. Um, you got Snow you got White. Mr. Toad. You got Toad. Snow White. Was it? Was it Pinocchio? Oh, you got two more in the. In oh no, 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 yeah. Alice. No. Oh, Pinocchio. No. Pinocchio didn't open until the re- reopened uh, Fantasyland. You got two more there. Oh, the carousel. The Correct. carousel. And there's one more right beside it. Um, so you got Snow White. Correct. Oh, freaking Peter Pan. Yep, there you go. Yeah, because I think they ended up being 12 because we wrote them down. And, and we got those really quick. And he, the guy was the Hillswalk by and he goes, oh, you guys are like, oh, yeah, we, we, we scored on that one. He picks it up and he goes, this reads exactly like my 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 answer key. And I'm like, yeah, we know. <laughs> that one we'll get. We'll destroy on park park trivia. You want yeah. to do that. So but then uh, so we end up tying with Kurt's team for third. And so they said each team has to send somebody up, you know, out to the middle. So Jess is like, you go. So I was like, all right. And then some chick from Kurt's team got up there. And then it was a Disney dance off. Oh crap. Yeah. So I did okay. I'm but, just going to sit back down. Well, I did okay. I, I shook my butt, but I think, uh, I do think she had more applause than I did. So I just kind of acquiesced to her. Well, but it was still good. Got boobs. Yeah, but it was, it was still pretty so. good. We had, we had fun. So anyways, all right, Beans, let's talk about some of these bowl games. First, we're going to talk about Oregon State versus Notre Dame in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. So since the A team had already left, Oregon State at this time. The B team chose to play <laughs> Pretty much. Oregon State's 2023 season came to a close at the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, dropping a 40-8 to decision to number 16 Notre Dame. Katano Wadapo tallied 11 tackles to lead the Bees defensively, while Isaiah Chisholm, making his first career start, picked up 10, including three tackles for loss. Melvin Jordan the fourth, making his second career start, finished with a sack and two tackles for loss. Oregon, as a, as a team, recorded seven tackles for loss. That's about the best we can say. At least the bees didn't get scumped. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, yeah, again, you know, when you hear everybody was leaving the team, it's like, okay, we have no quarterback. We have no coach. I mean, we, we have them, but I mean, we don't have the, we don't have the ones that brought us to the game. Yeah. And how many people did we lose on offense? How many people did we lose on defense? I, that didn't, I, didn't play. I can't remember how yeah. many starters were out on offense. But it was, it was, it was, it was brutal, a lot. Was it not? Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah, um, and so it's like this is not the team that got us here. No, it's didn't not, have our punter, didn't have our kicker. 
Yeah. And Oregon took our quarterback and Oregon took our punter. Is that true? Oregon took a punter. Yeah. Oh, did they take the quarterback too? Uh, no. DJ is going to Florida State, and Aiden Childs went to Michigan State. Oh, okay, yeah. And then, and then, sure, and then I'm sure. Uh, three, three Childs just yeah. Three players have gone to Michigan State: Childs, mm-hmm. um, Velling, uh, tight end, mm-hmm. and uh, just uh, this was weekend. Tanner Miller, an offensive lineman. So, but I will say, I will say the, the offensive line coach went to Michigan state and so did the tight end coach. So it doesn't surprise me. So, um, um, when does the transfer portal close? Well, it closed. Now you cannot put your name into it, but guys have not made their decisions on where they're going yet. Now, if you go in there and nobody grabs you, then can you go back to where you came from? (laughs) Unless that team gives away your spot. Okay. So there's always so you better that. darn well, you better darn well start marketing yourself and pray yeah. to God somebody. Well, and interestingly enough, Oregon State just got a commitment on a transfer in Jam Griffin. And who's that? He was a guy who was a running back for the Beavers last year. He left to go to Ole Miss, and he's coming back this year. Oh. So I believe he went to Ole Miss because I think he had some family issues he had to go down there and take care of. Oh, okay. But now he'll be coming back for his senior year. He didn't have a he didn't play a ton. He would probably would have played more up here, but it is what it is. I heard there were some family issues he had to go take care of. So but he is coming back for his senior year, so that's good. But anyways, so yeah, the game was kind of a turd. I didn't really I was at work. We had it on. I played kind of a little bit of attention to it, but mm-hmm. by halftime, I would, I didn't really, I was talking to people and not totally paying attention. So, um, also we had Utah versus Northwestern in the SRS distribution, Las Vegas bowl. Did Utah win? No. Ben Bryant passed for 222 yards and found Bryce Kurtz in the corner of the end zone midway through the fourth quarter, helping Northwestern beat Utah 14 to seven. Wow. Yep. Tight game. Yeah, but not a lot of scoring. Then yeah. we we also had Louisville versus USC in the Direct TV Holiday Bowl. Did USC get their asses kicked? Well, Beach with USC quarterback Caleb Williams watching from the sideline, Miller Moss threw a Holiday Bowl record six touchdown passes in his first collegiate start, and USC ended a frustrating season by beating number 16 Louisville 42 to 28. Afterward, Fuckers. Coach Lincoln Riley had a tub of eggnog poured over his head. That's gross. Well, because that's what they've been doing, right? So, like, there, there's well, one bowl game called the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Duke's Mayo is a brand kind of out of the South. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, winning, the, the winning coach gets a big old thing of mayo dumped on him. Gross. Uh, did you see there was the one bowl called the, uh, the Pop-Tarts Bowl? Oh, I heard there was, and there was there, Pop-Tarts there, like crazy. Well, there was a Pop-Tart mascot. So at the beginning of the game, they had this big like toaster, and the pop tart mm-hmm. popped up out of the, out of the out of the toaster to begin the game. So he was on the sidelines running around, you know, doing mascot things. The end of the game, he got back up on the toaster, he went down into it, and then he came out the side, and the winning team ate him. <laughs> it's 
kind of kind of brutal, but it was also kind of funny. Right. Wow. Uh, let's talk about the Arizona. Oh, that, that means that the, be- the 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 Frosted Flakes, there should have been like bowls of Frosted Flakes going oh, on. Oh, I'm sure there was Frosted Flakes. I remember, remember when we went to the uh, Tostitos Fiesta Bowl and there was I Tostitos everywhere. <laughs> I so got many so- Tostitos, so much salsa. <laughs> so good. I got tired of eating it though, man. Just like free Tostitos <laughs> and salsa everywhere you went. All right. Uh, Arizona versus Oklahoma in the Valero Alamo Bowl. Mm, out of the pack. The, the conference formerly known as the Pac-12 doing and, that And one. this is the one I kind of watched a little bit more of, and it was actually a, a, a an okay game. Um, Gunnar Maldonado returned to fumble 87 yards for a touchdown and also had an interception as number 14 Arizona forced six turnovers in a 38-24 to comeback victory over number 12 Oklahoma on Thursday. Um, Arizona scored 25 straight points to close that game. Mm. So, wow. A lot, a lot of turnovers in that That's- game. And then we also had Liberty versus Oregon in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. Mm-hmm. Bo Nix threw for 363 yards and five touchdowns to cap a stellar career. And number eight, Oregon closed out its Pac-12 era by rolling over number 18, Liberty, 45-6 to in the Fiesta Bowl. Bloody freaking da. And then there was actually uh, the, the two... Um, Playoff game bowls were actually, I think, considered pretty good bowl games that kind of came down mm-hmm. to the end. So the one we'll talk about was Texas versus Washington in the All-State Sugar Bowl. Washington quarterback Michael Penix passed for 430 yards and two touchdowns, and the Huskies held off Texas 37-31 to in the Sugar Bowl to advance to the college football playoff title game earning both the sixth-year quarterback with two surgically repaired knees and the beleaguered Pac-12 a chance to go out a champion. Now, number three, Texas had four shots at the end zone after getting to the Washington 12 with 15 seconds left. But Quinn Ewers missed on three passes. The final throw was a fade to a Donnie Mitchell that was knocked away by Washington's Elijah Jackson. Wow, a tight game. Tight game, so... So Washington came out on top there. So for the uh, national champion, we have Washington versus Michigan. So you have a Big Ten team versus a Pac-12 team. Now, 15 years ago, that would have been called the Rose Bowl. You know, so Mm -hmm. if we just would have had the Rose Bowl, we would have had this figured out. We don't need all this other crap. Exactly. Exactly. I just, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. Like you look at so many of these games and so many guys sat out. It was just, it's pathetic. I just kind of want to see college football just get thumped and lose a ton of money. But as much as I love it, I'm kind of there with you. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. So now beach in what would should be the Rose bowl. Tomorrow, who are you going to root for? Mm-hmm. The traitors or the cheaters? Uh, I just don't know. I, I just don't care. I know. That's about where I'm at. All right, let's move right along to the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week, we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And, Beach, we're going to keep beating this horse. It can't overbeat a dead horse, Billy. Rule number 76. SEC SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey told ESPN he was, quote, disappointed in the acrimony 
that ensued following the College Football Playoff Selection Committee's controversial final ranking last month, which for the first time excluded an undefeated Power 5 champion in Florida State. Now, the CFP Selection Committee chose number one, Michigan, number two, Washington, number three, Texas, and number four, Alabama, at the expense of the undefeated ACC champion and ended up being ranked number five, FSU. Both Texas and Alabama had one loss and ended the season with a defeat in their respective CFP semifinal games. Now, committee members, Beach, since this have received significant backlash, including threats, since the group's most debatable decision in a decade of the CFP and, and conspiracy theories have run rampant on social media platforms. Now, Sankey said, quote, I don't need so many incoming emails I received. I can only imagine hearing from those on the selection committee who are volunteers what they received. I think some of the statements made in the immediacy of selection were disappointing to me as a colleague. And I would maintain that the strength of our league, sure, we lost some games, but as I look at where the four best teams, I would maintain that we had two of those four. So he's throwing in in Georgia there. Mm -hmm. He finished up. But again, the selection committee makes that decision, and we respect the decision. Now, Sankey himself contributed to the controversy on championship weekend when he appeared on ESPN's College Game Day show and lobbied for his league's continued representation in the CFP. In reference to other teams competing with Georgia and Alabama for top four spots, Sankey said, quote, let's go back to like Sesame Street. One of these things is not like the other, and that's the Southeastern Conference. Wow. Yep. So on on Saturday, Sankey said he respected That's the, a completely arrogant comment. Oh, but just listen to SEC fans. Now on Saturday, Sankey said he respected the committee's decision to exclude two-time defending national champion Georgia, which sank from number 1 to number 6 after losing to Alabama in the SEC title game. He said, "The morning of selection, we had prepared a statement that said we have a different view, but we're not going to point fingers and cast blame." We're going to focus on how do we improve and prepare for the 12-team playoff. That's it. I think three or four times we've had the fifth-ranked team. Do I think every decision has been perfect? No, but that the authority, but that's the authority we allocated. And I guarantee you, Beach, this is what pisses me off. So he's like, he thinks his team should be playing every time. Mm-hmm. Period. That's mm-hmm. what it's going to come down to. And what next year, it's going to 12 teams. I guarantee you there's probably going to be four SEC teams in there. At mm-hmm. least three, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. At least three, if not four. They'll get at least 25% of those spots. Guarantee it. And it's it's crap. It's crap. I don't trust anything that is subjective. I really have always been a fan of objective standards, you know, wins and losses, wins and losses, wins and losses. That's, Mm -hmm. that's all that matters. Yeah. And, and I, I I don't know why they can't have a system set up where each conference sends their best player, their best team. Well, and because this is the problem, right? They said, well, our teams our our fifth place teams better than number one place team from all these other conferences. Prove it. Who cares? Who cares? Then, then, then guess what? Top team. Have your top one team go through because he should have won the top one team in their conference. And if they didn't, they don't go. Yeah, exactly. And guess what? Yeah. If you're, if Sorry your conference, if number two's blues. and if your conference is that good, then your team will win every time. Your number one well, I mean, team this reminds will win me, every time. 
This reminds me of the NFC and the AFC because wasn't the AFC always considered a, a second second uh, tier? Yeah, uh, for quite a while. Conference for many many years. Yeah. yeah, not anymore. But but for for what a decade the NFC won every uh, yeah. Super Bowl, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's just the way it goes. And then New Until England the changed teams that. Catch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> why do you care? You're still going to win the championship. Well, and like I said, your top team wins the because both your teams can't win the championship. This, so it's tough shit. This twelve, this twelve team playoff will not matter, and I, I, I bet you a dollar to a donut. Every year, there's gonna be, there's gonna be a good shot for two SEC teams to be playing in the championship game. Oh, they'll put them on both sides of the. They'll uh, put them on both sides. Both sides of the, if they have four teams, they'll go two and two, and they'll set it up so they won't play till the semifinals. So that all four of their teams can play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you ever watch like you watch like a baseball, baseball is horrible with it. And there you've also got the ACC. Right. But the SEC, you know, they'll get in like eight teams and they'll all be in different regions. Right. And then you'll have like five teams out of the Pac-12. And it's always set up that two of them are going to knock. You know, one of these guys is going to knock each other out before they can get to Omaha. Whereas they could get like seven teams to Omaha, the Pac-12 can get two. How do they? How do they get a cheat that way? It's just the way. It's cheat. I don't know. Influence the committee. That's what they do. Because it's all set up by a committee. Gotcha. Anyways, so so Greg Sankey in the SEC for really fucking up college football, and. St- doing your damnedest to just screw everybody else. You get this week's. <laughs> Jackass of the week. So there you go. All right, let's move on to our musical interlude, Beach. And okay. since this will be the final game of what has been known as the Pac-12, I think this song is kind of apropos. Little derivative, okay. a little you know contrived, but I think it needs to be played. So this is a song by American R&B group Boys to Men. Hmm. Any idea? I, you know, never was a big Boys to Men fan. Oh, you'll know this song. It was actually uh, on the Boomerang soundtrack. It was released. Okay, never in, watched the movie Boomerang. But, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Yep. It was released yeah, in no, June no, of no. 1992. It was written by Babyface. Antonio L.A. Reed and Daryl Simmons. The song achieved domestic and international success in the United States. It spent the record-breaking 13 weeks at number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, a record broken later in the year by Whitney Houston's 14-week number one hit, I Will Always Love You. Boys to Men would later match Houston's record with I'll Make Love to You, which spent 14 weeks at number one in 1994. And then reclaim the record with One Sweet Day, a duet with Mariah Carey, which spent 16 weeks at number one from 95 to 96. So people don't realize back in the early to mid-90s, boys to men were powerhouses. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So now this was released as a single from the Boomerang soundtrack and did not originally appear on boys to men's debut album, Cooley High Harmony. It was released after all singles from the debut had been released and was their fifth single overall. However, Cooley High Harmony was reissued in 92 and 93 to include this song. Do you know the uh, name of this song, Beach? No. 
The song is End of the Road. We belong together And you know that I'm right Why do you play with my heart? Why do you play with my mind? Said we'd be forever Sitting there the time How could you love me and leave me and never say goodbye? Here we go. 
So, like I said, Beach, I knew that song was kind of, kind of derivative, but you know, it's the end of the road for the Pac-12 as we know it. So I thought that song had to be played. Yep. It was a good run. It was a good run. And Beach, that's really all I've got today. Okay. Do you have anything else to oh, add? You know what I was going to bring up? What I was going to bring up, and it might be a little premature because we're, we're only in the early part of January here. I know I talk but, to a lot uh, of women, and they say, when I think of Beach, I think of premature. Absolutely. <laughs> <sighs> so I've never heard my right hand complain. <laughs> um, the uh, one of my um, – I was thinking, though um, – Possibly, maybe, spring baseball tailgater. Oh, yeah, you texted me about that. Maybe. Yeah. We got to see. I don't know. Okay, okay. Well, we'll have to see. I will make no decisions. Okay, maybe just cleaning out the freezer. You know what I'm saying? Dude, that last tailgater cleaned out the freezer. Really? Did Have you seen anything? the freezer? Dude, there's nothing. So, you know... When the bo- when when the boys have been with us on New Year's, and this goes back, hell, probably ten years, maybe more mm-hmm. than that. But since we had the deep fryer for the tailgaters, um, on New Year's, like the first time they were with us, they were kind of like, you know, they were little kids. Like, what are we gonna do for New Year's, Dad? Like, how are we gonna celebrate? And I'm like, I don't know. I was broke as a joke, so I just said, we're gonna have deep fried New Year's. And they're like, what's deep fried New Year's? And I'm like, we're going to fire up the deep fryer because I haven't drained it from the end of the season because I need some good weather to take it outside and get it cleaned up. So I'm like, we're going to fire up the deep fryer and just fry whatever we want that's in the freezer. And so it's kind of become our thing, right? So this year they were okay. like, hey, Dad, I, we're going to be, you know, we're going to probably be with you on New Year's. We're going to do deep fried New Year's. And I was like, well, hell yeah, we'll do that. So then right before New Year's, I went out to see what we had in the freezer and there was nothing. <laughs> nothing uh there were some jalapeno poppers mm-hmm. and there was half a bag Lots. of the fries that we like uh-huh. and that was it wow seriously there was nothing else oh there was some um uh cheese curds okay that was yeah, it i never liked cooking the cheese curds i know <laughs> that was it so i went out and just bought a few little retail boxes of stuff. I bought some like taquitos and, and we had some chicken strips and a couple other things. So we still had deep fried new year's and it was fun. We had a good time. We all, mm-hmm. I just, I, I'll go, what do you guys want this? And I go, okay. So granny and I'd go out in the garage, fry it up, you know, and then put it on paper towels on a plate, bring it in. And we all sit down and eat like, what do we want next? This. Okay. We go get that. So it was fun. But uh, yeah, so there's not much left for the deep fryer. Mm. So, anyways, but yeah, we can we can still do that. It's gonna have to be kind of a game time decision. Depends on how my my spring goes. Yeah. So, anything else, Beach? I got nothing. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number two hundred and sixteen of Illegal Participation. Remember, if you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgater on X, HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. You know, send us some more questions, like Justin did. We'll answer them. You can hear us go off on our uh, tangents about everything. Mm-hmm. Remember to listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Please leave them ready to review. Next time will be show number 217, and I'm not sure when that will be. I do not know if we will have another show out in the month of January. 
Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. I, yeah, and I'm going to be gone for part of February, too. Yeah, so well, maybe we'll put one out in the end of January. Kind of pick it up like that. So, And you're going to Japan, right? Yes, heading to Tokyo in the, uh, towards the end of uh, towards the end of February. That'll be fun. That'll that be fun. Be a blast. And we're going to to uh, Disney World in a week. Yep. So that'll be fun. That's all of us: you, me, the boys, Jess, mom, and dad. Mm-hmm. So it should be a good one. But anyways, well, uh, let's hope the bees have a little more luck at home in basketball, and let's hope uh, gymnastics and wrestling get some wins under the belts. And we'll reveal in a couple weeks. Does that sound good? Sounds like a plan. All right. And until next time, go Beavs. you doing i'm tired i worked today let's see and i worked yesterday and i worked all week perfect uh, you're always working i always work these yeah. people they do fun shit and i'm like why don't i ever do fun shit you do go you do working. you do quite a bit of fun shit i do but i see other people doing stuff i'm like how in the hell do you have time to do all this shit and i don't have time to do anything all right, you ready to do this? Yeah. I don't even know what we're talking about. I don't <laughs> even know here. I don't either, but I, I I bring the sexy. I don't know what you bring. I'm I'm the comedy relief. I'm like the C-3PO of this this drama. Yeah, C-3PO is annoying. I know. That's why. <laughs> I like beer. <laughs>